Hey, welcome to the Kingdom Church Podcast. My name's Harrison. I'm the pastor here. We're just so glad you took the time to listen to this message. We're starting a brand new series called Relationship Rehab. We think you're going to enjoy it. So whatever you're doing, wherever you are, sit back, relax. Here it is. A passage of scripture, and we're just going to pray that God, what you want to say to us today, that our hearts are open to it. God, I just pray we can receive it. Ephesians chapter 5 says this. It says, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. Amen. Amen. You guys can be seated. Let's clap our hands for the worship team. Thank you so much, worship team. We're so happy you guys could be here this morning. Anyone excited to be in church this morning? Amazing, amazing, amazing. So uh, I'm so excited to be here. If this is your first time here, my name's Harrison. I'm the pastor here, and uh, we just want to welcome you to Kingdom Church. We want to know that we love you. Uh, we've been praying for you. you don't even, we don't even know you, but we've been praying for you, and so we're just so glad you could be here. Uh, I'm excited. Anyone excited to be here? Come on, somebody. We're a church that gets loud. I'm so excited because we're beginning a brand new series. Uh, one thing that we do at church, if you're new here, we like to speak. Um, we, we, we have a collection of talks, and it's, it's every uh, month or so. Sometimes we go five weeks. Sometimes we go six weeks, and it's, it's on a topic, and we call them series. And uh, if you guys were with us last month, we just finished a series called Asking for a Friend. And uh, can anyone here for that series? Yeah. that help anyone out that series? Come on, let's go. And so we're beginning a brand new series called Relationship Rehab. Relationship Rehab. I was uh, talking to my friend Connor yesterday, and uh, he asked me a question. He said, uh, is this going to be one of those series where like one week is for single people, the next week's for couples, the next week's for married people? Because like, I don't like that. Because like, if it's for the single people, like, I don't even need to be there. And that was a low-key break. He has a girlfriend. Come on, somebody. But what I told them, I said, you know what? I said, the amazing thing about this series is that I believe that every single week, the things that we're going to cover are going to speak to everyone. And uh, every single one of us, we are in some kind of a relationship. All of us have relationships. And so it does not matter the status uh, that you currently find yourself in. Because I know for a lot of people, especially it seems single people, they're like, oh my gosh, relationship stuff. Like, I don't need any more reminders. Uh, I'm here to tell us that no matter what happens, I think this is going to speak to us. And so um, we preach here in series. And so what that means is we want you to be here for the whole thing, the entire thing. So next week, we want you to be here, week two, because week two uh, is called Define the Relationship. I'm just giving us the whole preview right now. I don't usually do this, but I want you guys to be here because I think it's going to be so life-changing. Number week three is called The Blessing of Boundaries. Some of you guys are like, boundaries are blessings. Yes. Week three, be here. Week four, I'm super excited for. It's called Getting Naked. Wow. Now calm down, you sickos. No one's getting naked. I'm just super excited, and I don't, want, I don't want to make any promises, but I'm like 99% sure that in week four, uh, something's going to happen that's never happened in the history of Kingdom Church. And that is that I am not going to be up here alone preaching. My beautiful wife is going to join me for week four. Come on, you got to make some noise for that. We've never had that before. And so like I said, we got some, we got some babies at home, so uh, that could be subject to change. But uh, we're believing in faith. It's going to happen in week four. I'm super excited. Uh, this month has five weekends, and so we actually have a flex weekend, week five. Um, if we feel like this series is so good, we don't want to end it, we'll do something week five. So we're just super excited. We want you to be here for this entire series, but we're starting this morning, week one. Our title this morning is called The Problem is Me. 
the problem is me. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're the problem. <laughs> now turn to the other person and say, no, you're the problem. Super excited that we got these vibes going on with the lights right now. Uh, totally unintentional, but uh, we'll, uh, we'll just keep it going. You guys praying for the lights? Start praying for them. Um, so uh, we got that for now. That's going to work. Uh, if it doesn't get any better, we'll, th- we'll put the house lights on in a second, but we don't want that because that kills vibes. And we're all about vibes here at Kingdom Church. Uh, the problem is me. So I'll tell you guys a story. Um, a few weeks ago, uh, in the midst of our 21 days of prayer, anyone with, with us for 21 days of prayer? You guys were following us on Instagram. Um, in the midst of our 21 days of prayer, uh, it was a Sunday morning. And what you guys need to know about me is Sunday morning is like the one day I try to sleep in. Uh, but for 21 days of prayer, I had to wake up early. Because I'm a man of God and I'm just getting on Instagram live and all that good stuff. And so like, I'm prefacing all that because like I went to bed at three o'clock, feeding the babies, all those things. Um, and then, well, we figured that out. Can we put the house lights on? Well, you guys, perfect. Well, you guys figured that out. I know, vibes killed. Um, <laughs> but the story's better when you can see me. And so uh, we woke up very early in the morning. I woke up early in the morning, got like four or five hours of sleep. And uh, the crazy thing about it was that uh, I was extremely tired. Nothing crazy. My mind is going in a million places right now because of these lights. Refocus. <laughs> Get back into it. I don't even know what story I'm telling. Where are we? Let's get the, let's get the band back up here. Vibes, uh, vibes work with the band. I went to bed at 3 a.m., woke up at 7 a.m. because I'm a man of God. Everyone, <laughs> the, param- the parameters are there. And so I was extremely tired, and I was doing this thing after 21 days of prayer. I was just laying on the couch, and I was on Facebook, and I was watching videos on Facebook. Anyone ever got, get caught in, like, the Facebook video wormhole? Because what happens is they always just tee up more and more videos. And now, generally speaking, when I watch these videos, they're just showing me family feud clips over and over again. Because for some reason, they thought I would like family feud clips. And they're not wrong. But this particular morning, this Sunday morning, there was a clip that came up. And it said, uh, you will never drink energy drinks after watching this. And so my attention was piqued. I'm watching. And uh, I just start the video. And this video is this guy, and he has Red Bull. And what he is doing, he's putting Red Bull in all these different things. And just showing what Red Bull can do to, to household objects. And so he starts, and he has a glass. Um, it's like a mug. And he puts the Red Bull in it. I think he puts a little salt in it. And then he puts a napkin over top of it. And then he waits. He swishes it. He puts his hand on it, and the thing completely combusts. And when I watch that, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I knew that energy drinks were bad for you, but like not that bad. Like that's like battery acid. Like what? Like I was just shocked. And as the video goes on, it gets more and more intense. Like he boils an egg in, in Red Bull and it's really weird. But the video kind of climaxes. He has a hammer, puts the hammer in the thing and uh, pours Red Bull and vinegar on it. And he waits for a moment. This is a wooden hammer with a metal head. Waits for a moment and then he completely crumples the hammer into a ball. And I'm watching this. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, I'm, I'm, like, to me, I'm shocked. I'm like, man, this is like Mentos and Coke on steroids. Like, this is next level. And so I'm just like super pumped. Like, I'm about to go to Save On and buy Red Bull and give Christy a show when she wakes up. <laughs> but, and, and for a lot of you guys that you've come to our church, you're, you're listening to this story and it's kind of confusing. Because I'm someone that is always very diligent. diligent and I always tell you guys, do not believe the things that you watch online. And so some of you guys are sitting there like, oh my gosh, this guy believed that. I'm here to confess, for a moment, I believed it. I got God. 
Like I knew what it was like to be my sister who believes everything she sees on Daily Mail, just for a moment. I got God. And so a part of me, my my brain finally kicked in. I kind of finally woke up and I was like, wait, there's no way you could ever fold a hammer up. Like that's just not humanly possible. Like the guy literally rolled it up like a cinnamon bun. I'm like, this can't, like you can't do that. And so I just dug in, I did a little research and it took me moments to find out this video was fake. And the guy was just a magician and uh, he was just making a video for fun. And uh, side note, all the things you watch online, you can probably find out very quickly if they're true or not. Just take some time before you share it. That's just a word of advice to you guys. But the reason I'm telling you this story is because I was lied to. I got, got anyone been lied to before? Like you just, you got fooled, you've been just, you've been misled. And I think that all of us at some point in our life, we've been lied to, we've been misled. And what I want to do in this series, and the reason I want us to do this series, because I think when it comes to relationships, at some point, every single one of us has been lied to. Did you guys know that? When it comes to how we view, when it comes to how we process relationships, at some point, every single one of us has been lied to. Because here's the reality for how we work as people. We as people, when it comes to how we process relationships, generally speaking, we become what we behold. In other words, that which we see, that which we surround ourselves with, that is how we form our picture of what relationships should be. And for a lot of us, I have this belief that we've been lied to. That we have a picture of relationships that is not true. You see, there was a stat done in the United States, and it said that children in America, it said, generally speaking, one in every two child will witness their parents' marriage fall apart. 50%. And it said, out of those 50% of people, another 50% of those kids will witness their parents' second marriage fall apart. And so if we are led to believe that we become what we behold, what that lets us know is that at least half the population, and I think Canada and the States is very similar, at least half of the population will have their greatest picture of a relationship fall apart. They won't have a picture of what success looks like. And now it's really easy to just kind of stop there and be like, you know what, I guess that means if your parents stay together, you're going to have great relationships. If your parents fall apart, you're going to have bad relationships. I don't think for a second that's true. Because I think there was a time when maybe that like your parents' relationships, that was the greatest influence in our lives. But as life has gone on and where we live in 2020, in this decade, I'm of the belief that our immediate relationships, our family are no longer our greatest influence when it comes to relationships. You see, all of us, every single one of us, every single day, we are bombarded with information. You guys know what I'm saying? We live in this time in the technological age, in the social media age, where we're bombarded, bombarded, bombarded. And so back in the day, all you had was your family. That was your picture. But now we got Twitter. Come on, somebody. We got Instagram. We got Facebook. We got The Bachelor. I'm just here. I'm just here to confess. I've watched way too much of The Bachelor and The Bachelorette in my life. Just here to confess. But I made a vow recently that I will never watch The Bachelor again much. (laughs) Not that much. Still contemplating Bachelor in Paradise. Come on, somebody. Pray for me. Pray for me. But The Bachelor, the reason I stopped watching it, because I'd watch it with my wife, not by myself. Come on. The reason I stopped watching it, because what I realized is that every single time I watched it, I would get so, so angry. You want to know why I would get angry? Because like the people in the show would just spew absolute garbage. 
And what I found is like the worse the things they would say, the more the producers thought they were good stuff. And so like the music would kind of get sentimental and like, you know, the, you know, the bachelor music, right? Where it gets real, like it's a real moment. And the guy's like, this season, I'm just following my heart. Just the worst advice ever. I did a whole series on that. Go look on our podcast. Worst advice ever, but just stupid things. Like, you know what? I really just, I need to go to the fantasy suite and just check my sexual compatibility. It's just, it's lies. And so it makes me super, super angry. Some of you guys, like it's a TV show, calm down. To that, I say, you calm down. <laughs> and so I've made a vow. I don't watch The Bachelor. Christy now watches it at 4 a.m. when she's feeding the twins. But the reason that I don't like these shows and things of such nature is because I know the reality is this. For millions of people, whether consciously or subconsciously, the media, all these things we surround ourselves with, they are building a picture of what we think a relationship is. Yeah. Now, my wife's a woman of God, and so she's able to distinguish between fact and fiction. I know you guys are all smart people, and so you don't take your cues from The Bachelor. But the reality is this. If it's not The Bachelor, it's something else. Yeah. It's Cosmo magazine. It's those, it's those relationship blurbs I see you guys all sharing on Facebook, all this advice. And the reality is, for so many of us, we have been lied to. Our picture of relationships have been formed by something that is not true. And so what I want to do in this series and why this series is going to be beneficial for everyone, because it does not matter whether you're single, divorced, uh, in a relationship, married, it does not matter. The principles that we are going to look at in this series are going to help all of us, because I think no matter who we are, all of us have been lied to at some point. And all of us have pictures and processes about relationships that are not true. And so what I want to do in this series over and over and over again is I want us to go back to the Bible. Come on, somebody. And so if you're, if you're new to our church, we're a Bible-believing church. And so what we're going to do in this series, we are going to be in the Bible because here's the thing. I don't want you guys to, to, to listen to what I have to say about relationships. I don't want you guys to listen to what Chris Harrison has to say about relationships. I want you guys to see what Jesus has to say, what God has to say. And so we're going to be in the Bible, this whole series. And this morning, what I'm kind of doing, I'm setting the backdrop for everything we're doing this month. And so we're going to be in the book of Genesis. Before we get to Genesis, I kind of want to give you guys um, just a little bit uh, of a backdrop of what's happening in Genesis. Uh, this is the very beginning, Genesis chapter one and chapter two, God creates the world. And the Bible tells us when God creates after every single day, he says, it is good, it is good, it is good, it is good. And so Genesis gives us a picture of the world that is perfection. It's free from sin, free from blemish, free from pain, free from, it's perfect. Everyone following? Yeah. And so then God creates the very first person, Adam. He forms him out of the dust. And Adam is now living in this perfect world. He's in this place where he's able to have constant communion with God. He can literally walk with him and talk with him. Everyone following? Yeah. It's perfection. And we have Adam. But I want us to see what happens next. This is Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. The Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. So again, this is so interesting because Adam is living in this world of perfection. Like he literally has everything he could possibly meet. I can't even picture what the Garden of Eden would have been like. The fruits and the shrubs and just all the goodness. Like I don't even know what it would be like. But the reality is when he has everything perfect, he can walk with God, God still says, it's not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. You see, there's a bunch we're gonna take from this verse, but here's the very first thing I want us to see. When it comes to relationships, relationships are God's idea. God is the one who created them. Everyone following? Even in the dark, you're following? 
Relationships are God's idea. What happens after Adam and Eve are created? God says to Adam and to Eve, he says, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the whole earth. You know what that means? Family is God's idea. Put the house lights on. <laughs> Family is God's idea. Relationships are God's idea. And this is the backdrop that we need to set this series up because the reality is this. If God is the one that created relationships, if relationships were created in perfection, I have this belief that we can experience perfection here on earth in our relationships. Not total perfection, but pictures of perfection. We're no longer in the Garden of Eden, so there will not be total perfection, but we can experience pieces of perfection. And I believe all of us in this room, you've experienced that before. You guys have had those nights, right, where you're with friends and family and you just hung out, you've hung out all night and you're just laughing and you're just doing those things and it's those moments you're like, man, this is, this is heaven on earth. Maybe for some of us, it's that time you saw your wife for the first time or your husband and you guys got married and you saw him on the altar and in that moment, it was like, man, this is, this is heaven. Maybe it was the first time your child smiled at you and laughed. It's like, man, this is, this is a piece of heaven. You see, the reality is if relationships are God's idea, they're God's plan, what that means is that we can actually experience beauty within the midst of relationships. And I think all of us would agree the best moments we've ever experienced in our lives have come within relationship. But the flip side is true. If relationships are the greatest blessing that we can have, what that means, and I, I just believe this to be true, oftentimes the greatest blessings can very easily become our greatest burdens. And so on the flip side, for our greatest moments being in the context of relationships, I think all of us would realize, all of us would agree that our lowest moments, our hardest moments, have had something to do with the relationship. Whether it's relationship falling apart, things not working out the way you wanted it to work out. And so what I want to do in this series is I want us to go back and look at God's plan for relationship. Because it's God's idea. You see, I'm not, I don't want anyone to have this perception that uh, when we leave this place, when we leave this series, all of our relationships will be perfect because that's not reality. But what I want us to do in this series is I want us to look at what God has to say about relationships because I believe if we can see what God has to say, if we can put some of the practices in place, we will begin to have healthier and happier relationships. And so that's how we're going to the word of God. You see, I'm of the belief, and you guys can disagree, but I think that the root, of the, the root of many of our issues when it comes to relationships is because we're taking cues from someone other than God. We're following our own advice. I'm following my heart. I'm following Twitter. I'm following Friends, the TV show. <laughs> and what happens then when our relationships deteriorate, we ask ourselves, well, how did we get there? The reality is, if we are doing things our way as opposed to God's way, we will experience so much more pain than we have to experience. It, it's kind of like this, because if we believe that God has a greater perception than us, if God has a greater picture, because if God created relationships, everything that he has created, he knows more about it than you do. That's just simple. He made them. That's what I'm trying to get us to see. And so if he knows more than me, I need to submit to what God has to say about things. That's why Ephesians 5, we read it at the start, it said, follow God's example, therefore as dearly loved children. Just, just follow his example. You wanna know the best advice? Follow God. It's so simple, follow God, because his perspective is greater than yours. It's like, I was at one of my offices this week, I have many, uh, the public library, and <laughs> I was just there working, and there was this guy beside me, and uh, he was reading. 
And I was just doing my thing. I was actually preparing this series, kind of just outline, outlining the whole thing. And I was watching this guy, and I noticed something very interesting. Uh, the guy had glasses on, and he was reading. But his glasses apparently were not enough, and some of you guys may be at this point. Um, but he had a magnifying glass. I haven't seen a magnifying glass since, like, science class, like, grade 8. But this guy had glasses on, thick glasses, and a magnifying glass, and he was reading. Because, like, he needed to see what he was trying to read. He just, he didn't have clear vision. And now, I'm sitting there, I'm just watching this guy, and this guy, I don't profess to know exactly what he was thinking. But a part of him must have been thinking, you know what, I'm pretty smart. Like, my eyes are failing me, but I found a way to trick my eyes. I got a magnifying glass. I got a magnifying glass to make everything bigger. And so, as you're sitting there, you're saying to yourself, well, Harrison, what's the big deal? Like, he needs a magnifying glass. Here's the problem. The guy was not reading a book. He wasn't reading a newspaper. He was on an iPad with a magnifying glass. And so, as I was watching him, and maybe because I'm young and just smart, I felt like I knew something that he did not know. I felt like I could have helped him out in just a moment because he's there like, and he's like just trying his very best to make this thing see. And I'm over there and I'm saying, dude, there's a better way. All you have to do is go like, like this. The magnifying glass makes sense on a newspaper, doesn't make sense on an iPad. And so I'm watching him and I'm saying, oh my gosh, this guy is making this so much harder than it has to be. His eyes are failing. I get that. It's not easy. Relationships are not easy. But for so many of us, we make them harder than we have to be, than they have to be. Because for so many of us, we take cues from ourselves. You know what I know best? I've been around the block a few times. I think I know. I meet people. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not stereotyping people. But for a lot of people, they think that age automatically gives them wisdom. It's not guaranteed. Uh, you know what, I'm older, I don't need to, you know, I don't need to think as hard this time, I know what I want. And so we try to do things our way, and, and so many of us will end up in heartbreak, so many of, end up, of, of us will end up in pain, and I can't help believe, but there are so many times where God is looking down on us, and we're looking at an iPad with a magnifying glass. We're making things harder than they have to be. But if we submit, and that's what I'm trying to get us to do as we start this series, we are submitting that God knows more than me. I'm going to share some things in this series, and it's going to challenge conventional wisdom. It's probably going to challenge even things that you believe. That's why I'm set in the backdrop as God is the one who has created relationships, and so I believe that he knows more than me. Everyone following? If it's God's idea, God knows more than me. His perspective is greater than mine. So the first thing I want us to notice in Genesis is that God is the one that created relationships. But I want to go back before this. We understand relationships are God's idea, but I want us to go back before God gives Eve to Adam. I want us to go back and look at when God created Adam. This is what it says in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. We're going backwards. It says, The Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Now, this is the most descriptive thing we have in the creation account for what God does. Everything else is kind of just like light, plants. <laughs> but the Bible literally tells us that God breathed breath into Adam. And what we understand about Genesis is that the big picture of Genesis, what it's trying to let us know is that God is creator. God is alpha and omega. He's beginning and end. He is the great I am. There is no one greater than God. 
And so what this is saying is the God who is so great, the God who has the power to do everything, he physically creates Adam. Now there's a principle I want us to understand about creation. If God who is creator is of infinite worth and infinite value, everything that God creates therefore has infinite worth and infinite value. There's only one thing the Bible tells us is made in God's image and that is humans. And so if, if humans are made in God's image, what that means is that you and I have intrinsic and infinite value. I want us to see this. If creator has made something, which is creation, the creation has value. It's kind of like this. You see, Christy and I, um, when we first got married, we were doing our room and uh, we wanted a big painting in our room. And so what we did is we wanted like a big abstract piece of art. And so we went to Winners and all these places and it was like 600 bucks for squiggly lines. And so I said to myself, uh, I could do this myself. I don't even know art, but I could do this myself. And so we literally bought a canvas, we bought paint and we painted a picture ourselves, abstract in our room, over our bed. If you guys have seen it, I don't know why you're in our room, but <laughs> super cool. And uh, the thing that makes me angry about art is this. Uh, I truly believe that what we did is just as valuable as any of that other abstract stuff. But if Christy and I went to sell this painting, chances are we're not getting 10 bucks for it, right? I guess one of those things like on the Facebook marketplace, like free, just to take it. Because the reality is this, Harrison and Christy as painters, no one really cares about us. But what's so funny is that if Picasso made the exact same painting that painting would probably be worth millions of dollars. Am I right? You, you see what I'm saying? You see, the creation is only as valuable as who the creator is. And so if you believe that God is your creator, you better believe that you're valuable. You better believe that you have infinite worth, infinite value. And what I'm trying to get us to see is that God creates Adam before Eve. This is before relationship. You know what this means? It means that Adam was already valuable before any relationship. He had value outside a relationship. Look at this. It goes on in verse 15. It says, the Lord took man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. He says, Adam, get to work. You got something to do. Understand this. In heaven, you guys think you're chilling all day. God's going to put us to work. But what I want us to see is that what he's doing, God is giving Adam purpose. He says, this is what you have to do. This is for you. And so here's the big picture I'm trying to get us to see. Before Adam ever met Eve, God already gave him purpose and value. Everyone following? Before any relationship, Adam had purpose and value. This is so big. This is so big. This is a concept I need us to get. The reason that so many of us will fail when we go into relationships is this. We have this belief, well, it's like if God created a relationship, that means relationship is all I need. But before relationship came purpose and value. Now look at this, this is what this means. Every single one of us, if we submit that God is creator, that the Lord actually formed us in our wombs, you know what that means? That means you have intrinsic value and purpose. And you do not need anyone else to give that to you. You don't need anyone else. You see the reality for so many of us, what happens is that we try to go into relationships and we ask ourselves, you know, I, you know I, I'm, just, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. But what we do is we try to look for people to give us purpose and value. But the key thing about relationships is that relationships were never for purpose or value. 
And so what happens, if we go into relationships looking for something that the other partner literally cannot give you, you will be disappointed. It's not gonna work out the way you want it to work out because you are putting an unfair burden on that person. You're asking them to give you something that only God can give you, which is purpose and value. It's like this, I got, I got my, we got our babies vaccinated um, on Thursday. Super sad, but we don't want polio, so we did it. And um, we were there at the place, and uh, as, we're getting, as we're getting vaccinated, it didn't really start off good. I felt like the nurse was kind of rough with our babies, uh, especially measuring them. I'm like, calm down, lady. <laughs> but as, as, as the lady was talking to us, because um, she said she has to share all these things with us before the needles, I could see that like, there was something boiling inside of me. And like, I started to have these emotions toward this lady. And as we're talking, like the more we were talking, like I literally started to physically hate this person. Because in my head, I'm like, this is the person that's about to hurt my kids, right? And so as she's talking, she's like, oh, you must be the father. I'm like, who's asking, right? Like I'm just, just like angry at her because like I, I feel like she's about to do something. And it was funny, as I was sitting there, I could feel myself getting agitated with her, but I had to step back for a second and ask myself, why am I getting mad at her? The reality is this, I came there and I gave her my babies to get their needles. If anything, it's my fault. You see, what happens though is I was putting an unfair burden on her. I was putting something on her that was not hers to bear. And we can look at this situation and say, well, that's foolish, Harrison. Why would you ever do that? But you see what so many of us realize is consciously or subconsciously, we do the same thing in relationships. We put burdens on people, we put expectations on them that they will never be able to meet. You see, what that means is this. When it comes to relationships, the main thing is this, the problem is me. The problem is me. And what I understand is this. If I don't understand me, I'm always gonna struggle when it comes to we. Come on, write that down someone, it took me a while. If I don't understand me, I'll always struggle with we. And so this is what happens for so many people. They go from relationship to relationship to relationship, from friendship to friendship to friendship, because they think to themselves, you know what? It was my group of friends. They were toxic. You should have seen how my last boyfriend, and so we go from relationships to relationship to relationship, but what we don't understand is that we're going into all of these relationships expecting the same thing we expected out of the last people, and they'll never be able to give us that. And so until I understand me, I'll always struggle with we. What that means is this, if I understand me, if I understand I have value, I have purpose, man, God has given me everything that I need I can go into relationships so much more healthy and so much more full. But the problem for so many of us is we look for things to fill us up that just simply will run dry. Social media, right? If I just get more likes, if I just get more shares, then, then, people, then I'll have value, then I'll have worth. But it's something, it's a cash that can, it's a check that cannot be cashed. I was talking to my friend this week and he posted a picture and uh, his picture got 700 likes on Instagram, which was like a big celebration for him. And uh, he was talking to me after and he said, he said, you know what? He said, uh, everything I post from here on out, he's like, it's not gonna measure up. Like it's not gonna be enough because like I'm never gonna get 700 again. But you see what happens, if your total value and total worth comes from that, you better keep that up. 
And so what happens in relationships, you know why relationships generally start out very strong? It's because it feels good at the start. Because it's new, it's fresh, because it's something that they can actually, it's a check that they can cash. Because we're so desperate, we're just looking for it, we're looking for it, we're looking for it. But over time, if I never understand me, I will always struggle with we. This is why no matter who we are, if we never understand ourselves, if we never understand our intrinsic value in God, we will struggle. I'll try to explain it like this. And we got the water up here and uh, the cups are somewhere on here. Amazing. We're going to need this. This thing's leaking already. You see, what the Bible tells us and what I want us to understand is that if Jesus is who he says he is, if Jesus is in our life, if our value comes from him, we are full. We're full. Adam was full. Adam had purpose and Adam had value. Now what's going to happen in life is that anytime you look for something to fill you up that is not God, it's never going to be enough. And so what happens for so many people, so many of us, we enter strong, right? It's like, man, my identity is in Christ. My value is in Christ. But as time goes on, we begin to replace that with something else. My identity is with my friends. My identity is with relationships. My identity is social media. And so what happens if our identity is not with God, we will now have a hole that God was filling. And so what happens is like this. Let's not make a mess. Come on, Lord. will begin to leak. And so what happens for so many of us when our identity is no longer in Christ, we have this deficit. We're leaking, right? And so what happens when we begin to leak is like, oh my gosh, I need something. I need to be filled up. And so we start to fill. And we start to fill. And we start to fill. We start to fill. We start to fill. It's like, okay, well, I'm going to get into a new relationship because I'm feeling empty. And so we fill it up. And it feels good for a while because it fills us up. But look at the reality. The reality is if God is not our identity, if God is not the source of our strength, we're just going to keep on searching. And what happens, the lower we get, the more desperate we will become. It's like, well, I didn't find it in relationships. Maybe, I found, maybe I'm going to find it in drugs. Maybe I'm going to find it in alcohol. And so we pour and we pour and we pour and it fills us up. But the reality is the hole still remains. You guys see what I'm saying? Yeah. And so we'll just continue to slowly and slowly drain. Because we're looking for things to fill us up that just do not have the capacity to fill us up. We're looking for a cup, but we need this to close the gap. And so we search and we search and we search. And it's never enough. I talk to so many people in relationships and they say to themselves, you know what, man, like I just can't believe the way he's treating me. I just can't believe it. Like, man, we were cuddling last night and I just told him like, do not text those girls anymore. Don't like those pictures anymore. I just don't get it. Like, why does he do that? And I'm like, you're cuddling with him? You wanna know why that happens? It's because we've given them permission to do it. Do you know why we give people permission to treat us less than we deserve? It's because we're empty. It's because we're empty. It's because we need to be filled. It's because anything will feel better than what we feel when we feel like we're empty. And so it's like, yeah, sure, I'll let him treat me. I'll let him treat me less than, than I deserve. I'll let this happen, I'll let that happen. But you see, what happens is this. We go from relationship to relationship to relationship, but the problem is me. The problem is me. High school students, junior high students, it's the same thing. We have this gap, right? And we feel like, you know what, man, I need people to fill it. I want to be cool. 
I want people to like me. I, that, that's the way I'll be full. And so we do stupid things to fill us up, to fill us up. And it feels good for a while, but what we don't realize is we're slowly draining. We're slowly draining. What God wants us to see is this. Relationships were never meant to make us whole. God has already made you whole. A relationship does not make you valuable. God has already made you valuable. Some of you guys are saying, well, well, I I, I wasn't in perfection. I wasn't in the Garden of Eden. I don't have that worth that Adam has. I'm tainted by sin. I'm not worth it. Guess what? Someone say, thank you, Jesus. Someone say, thank you, Jesus, because with Jesus in our life, with Jesus as the author of salvation, every single one of us can be free from what we put on ourselves. Shame, free from guilt. Free from that feeling of I'm not good enough because Jesus has made you good enough. Galatians 2.20 says this, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Come on, somebody. You know what that means? My identity's in Jesus. I don't have to see this jar that is empty. I don't have to see this this jar that is slowly draining. My identity is not that. My identity is Jesus. My identity is in Christ. You see, what I want us to get at this morning is that we need to be whole before we get into any kind of relationship. And there's only one person that can make us whole, and that is Jesus. And that's Jesus. Because anytime we're looking at something else other than Jesus to make us whole, we're going to continually and constantly run out. But I want to show us for a moment what it looks like when Jesus is in our lives, when the jar is full. Let's just pretend that's full to the brim. You see, in the picture in creation, Adam is created with value and purpose. In other words, he's whole. Everyone following? We know he's full. We know he has value. We know he has purpose. And so once he knows this, once he is full, then we get to Genesis chapter 2 verse 18. It says, the Lord God said, it's not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. He doesn't put Adam in a relationship until Adam is full himself. Is everyone following that? And he says, I will make a helper who is suitable for him. Anyone in this church, if I've married you before, I think it's just Josh looking out right now. I always use this verse. And I said, I will make a helper suitable for him. And for a lot of us, like some people are like, I'm more than a helper. Like, what what does that mean? But I take take him back to the Hebrew and I I use it in the wedding because it's beautiful. But the Hebrew word used here is the Hebrew word azar. And this is the word to describe God's character, uh, his character, really. God is our Azar, God is our strength, God is our rescuer, God is our protector, God is our help. And so literally what this is saying, he's saying, I am gonna give you someone who is going to be like God, who's gonna lift you up, who's gonna help you when times are hard, who's gonna be your strength, your rescue, your protector. But listen to this, nowhere in that does it say, I'm gonna give you someone that's gonna complete you. That's not what it's saying. What it's saying is I'm gonna give you someone that's gonna compliment you. Come on, not complete, compliment. I will give you someone that you will compliment. You see, listen to this. God's will for relationships is not for us to be whole. God already made us whole. You want to get healthy? You want to have amazing relationships? Get full. 
get full. Let God fill you up. And understand this, when we give our lives to God, guess what? This thing shoots up. But you want to know what happens when you come to church? Come on, somebody. We fill it up. And the Lord comes and the Lord restores our soul. You want to know why we do 21 days of prayer? You want to know why we get up early every single day? It's because we want to fill this thing up. It's because we want to be so full. We want to know exactly who we are. And this thing is full with God. And the Lord says, when this is the place that you are at, this is when your relationships will be healthy. Now understand this. It does not matter your status right now because you can be married and still be unhealthy. I want to challenge us and say, let's get whole. Let's get whole and let's not look to anyone other than Jesus. And if you're in a place where you feel like you're whole, do you want to know what happens when two whole people come together? Can I show you? It's going to make a little bit of a mess, but I'm going to show you. You see, God creates Eve, who is the complement to Adam. Adam is full. He doesn't need Eve to fill him up. And so you know what happens every single time Eve does something great? Come on, you guys ready for this? He fills up, he fills up, he fills up, he fills up, and he overflows. He overflows because everything that he has, he, are, he has everything he needed. And so every time in a relationship, if we're full, everything else is just gravy. Yeah. It's just, I don't need you to lift me up. The Lord is my strength. But everything else is gravy. And we can begin to overflow. I'm not going to do it again because we'll lose the rent in this place. <laughs> but our cup begins to overflow. And so I just have this belief, friends, that God's will for relationships, Annabelle, can we get in the keys for a sec? Is not for us to be made whole, but to be made holy. Listen to this, you're in a relationship, you're saying, what's my job? Your job is not to be their soul strength, you're not to be anything else, you are there to make them holy. You are there to help them take to a step that they could not get themselves. I love my wife because, and I love the beauty of our relationship. And one of the reasons that I think our relationship is so strong is because she's so full. Come on, somebody. She's so full, but I just, I love the beauty because what happens is this, because of who she is, everything that she does, I look to her and it fills me up. I'm not looking for her to make me whole. If I'm looking for her to make me whole, I'll tell you guys a story. One thing that I always admired about my wife, she's not working right now, but when she would work, she'd wake up literally like at 5 a.m. sometimes and read her Bible and just do devotions. And I get paid to do devotions, so it's a lot different. But I just, I just admired that so much. I'm like, man, like I just, I want to be like that. I want to be like that. Now listen, if I'm empty, you want to know how I'll view that? I'll view that as competition something to resent but when I'm full with the Holy Spirit myself when I see her do that it just brings me to another level and it's like man I want to get there I want to strive to that this is God's will for every single relationship that we not be made whole but be made holy and so what I want to do in this series come on let's just stand for a second church I want us to see what God's ideal is for relationships because I believe the beauty of relationship, family, all of these things is that they can make us holy. It can take us to levels that we could not get ourselves, but we first must submit and give our everything to Jesus because Jesus is the one that makes us whole. And so right now, every head is bowed in this place, every eye is closed. What we wanna do is we wanna give you the opportunity just to give your life to Jesus.
If you've never made this choice before, if you've never been made whole, we wanna give you the chance to start right now. What we're gonna get you to do is we're gonna get you to raise your hand. And all you're saying when you raise your hand is I wanna give my life to Jesus. I wanna be made whole. I'm not gonna look at anything else. I'm not gonna look at my friends. I'm not gonna look at relationships. I'm not gonna look at the internet. Nothing is gonna make me whole except you, Jesus. If you wanna do that here this morning, every head is bowed, every eye is closed. I'm just gonna count to three. And all you gotta do is show me your hand. Every single person that's made this decision before you is praying for you right now. We're praying that you respond to that thing that you're feeling inside of you. If you wanna give your life to Jesus, I'm gonna count to three. One, two, three, just show me your hand. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to that message. We hope that you were encouraged and inspired. If you want more information, head over to kingdomchurch.ca. We would love to see you in person. So head there and plan your visit today. Until next time, take care.